I'm Crystal Escobar. This is episode number 64. This is an interview with Jared and Morgan Higdon, and we're calling this episode Molly Mormon to Ex-Mormon. Welcome to the Wannabe Balanced Podcast, encouraging you to become the best version of yourself as you strive for balance in motherhood and business. Self-made millionaires, Sean and Crystal Escobar, will help you discover your passion and offer valuable insight into how you can make your dreams come true. And now your host, author, blogger, YouTuber, and wannabe balanced mom, Crystal Escobar. You guys are going to love Jared and Morgan Higdon. They also have a YouTube channel. You guys must check out. They are hilarious. You can find her on YouTube if you search ex-Mormon Morgan or My Spiritual Life and you will just be sucked into all their amazing YouTube videos, their humor. I love it. So I'm looking forward to sharing their story with you. I will play the recording in just a minute of our interview that we had just about a week ago. They were in town and I'm so excited because we did a whole collaboration. We made a YouTube video together and I think it's going to be published this Friday on their channel. I can't wait for you guys to watch it because we had a lot of fun making it. <laughs> it should be very funny. Anyway, these two have such a great story to share. Their shocking journey out of the church because Morgan was just one of those extremely devoted Mormons who, you know, you would probably call her a Molly Mormon. So before I play our interview and our conversation, I wanted to read a quick review and also remind you guys to please take a minute and leave me a review. You can do it directly from your phone or go to iTunes. I would really appreciate it. So this review is from Ace Dace123. It says, I, sub I subscribe to this podcast after hearing Crystal speak on the Mormon Stories podcast, and I couldn't be happier that I did. Crystal's insights and podcast guests have been so healthy for my mind. I feel like I have the motivation and confidence to live my very best life without apology. Wow. Thank you so much. It, like I say, every time I read a review, it really makes me feel so good to know that by me taking the time to put out these podcast episodes, I mean, I'm not getting paid anything to run this podcast, but I just love doing it so much. And mostly just for things like that, just to know that I might be helping a few people. It really brings me so much fulfillment and I just, I can't, I can't stop doing it because I know that I am doing this for a greater purpose and that feels awesome to me. All right, let's go ahead and play the interview that I had with Morgan and Jared Higdon. Okay, I am here with Morgan and Jared, and I'm excited to allow them to share a little bit more about themselves. I want them to share their story because I found them just a couple months, maybe about three months ago, and I discovered your YouTube channel, which I was like so excited about because I'm all about humor and anything funny, especially if you can make light of this whole faith crisis, faith transition, leaving the church is can feel very heavy at times, but when people can offer their gifts and talents to make it a little less heavy and offer us some humor and you know just like the book of mormon this the the musical that was a lot of fun for us to for sean and i to go and experience that and just kind of be able to laugh at these things at this point and not have to 
feel so much heavy emotion like the anger and the sadness and the the anxiety all that stuff so it's fun when when I um, find any humor around this experience I really appreciate it so much so when I found their YouTube channel it's called my spiritual life right and you go by x morg x mormon morgan right (laughs) yeah i like that and um so i found her youtube channel actually somebody posted a video one of your videos in the mormon enlightenment facebook group first yeah and then i and i was like oh cool yay and i found it and i was like oh this is a new channel they just started up and like it had already just like taken off Mm -hmm. quite quickly and i was just like wow like that's when i realized that this that type of humor and like for our for our community it's it's in a lot of demand really people need this and so i just appreciate you guys so much for taking the time to offer your gifts and talents to help so many people through this difficult life experience and make it more fun and lighthearted because it can be so i do want you guys to i want to know more about you guys i it was so fun we got to hang out all day yesterday we made a YouTube video together, and I'm excited about that. And by the time this airs, that video sh- will yeah. most likely be on your channel, so it, you guys should check it out. And we got to go have a party last night, a Mormon Enlightenment, ex-Mormon, post-Mormon <laughs> party. It was a lot of fun. So I'm glad that you guys drove down from Idaho to be here and hang out with us, and we could work together and party together. So... <laughs> All right, so I want um, you guys to decide who you want to have start by sharing your story, a little bit of your background, how you guys met, and then your experience with, you know, leaving the church, how that all happened, and then starting your channel and also your life coaching um, hypnotherapy that you are doing right now. I would love to hear all of that. So you guys just like take it away, okay? And if I have questions, I'm going to chime in. So Perfect. Thank you so much, Crystal. I have had so much fun this weekend. I am so excited about that YouTube video. I can't wait to start editing it and uh, for everyone to see it. Okay, so um, I guess just a little bit real quick about how we met. Uh, So I'm originally from St. Louis and Jared's from Idaho Falls. And uh, I went to BYU-Idaho and so did he. And we met, ironically, in Book of Mormon class. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, we started dating, got married too fast as most people do. (laughs) And then, um, kind of like, let's see. So we got married in 2013 and then would you say it was about a year after we got married that you were, you were kind of looking into some stuff. So, so, and by, I'm talking to Jared cause, so he left the church years before I did. So. So um, I think I'll have Jared talk a little bit about kind of what started that for him because him leaving was what triggered a lot of my issues with the church. So I don't know. I guess I never really fit in to I never really fit in most groups, but I (laughs) really never fit in uh, with Mormonism. And I don't know. I kind of like that, I think. Um, (laughs) I remember on my mission having a lot of experiences where, you know, my uh, mission president would tell us the story of Adam, how he had to, right after they were expelled from the garden, he was told to sacrifice a lamb, and Peter, James, and John came down to him and said, why are you sacrificing this lamb? And he responded, I know not, save the Lord commanded it. 
my mission president told us this story and he was like, now if Adam, the father of everyone, didn't have to ask why, then how come you guys feel the need to ask why? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember having a, a conversation with my companion that night saying, what is wrong with asking why? I think that's good. I think we want that. We want to further our knowledge, right? That's the whole point. Um, and he was terrified. <laughs> he, he was he was treating me like I was a lost soul, and I I mean I guess he was right. <laughs> um, but it was <clears throat> like right after I got home from my mission, I went and had I guess you could call it dinner. It was like midnight. <laughs> Me and my friend, it was my best friend, we went to McDonald's and we just sat down. We were talking for a while, talking about catching up and all that stuff. And he brought up that he was, he no longer considered himself Mormon, is what he said. Wait, when was this? It was right after my mission. Oh, so 2000... 2012. Right, so before we met. Yeah, before we met. um, So like November of 2012. And... He was like, yeah, I don't consider myself Mormon anymore. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, why not? It wasn't like a big deal, I guess. I don't know. It didn't really shake me or anything. And so he kind of, I, I don't know, he told me a couple of things that he, he found troubling in the church. And I was like, oh, you know what? As long as you're happy, because he wasn't ever really that happy of a person. And he seemed to have much more of a grip on who he was by now and I was like you know I'm not gonna mess with that he's he was having a hard time when I saw him last and now he seems to be doing well without the church so uh then we got married later and and yeah me and my best (laughs) friend (laughs) um so after Morgan and I got married um I Talked to this same friend. It was probably about six months after we got married. It wasn't very long. And he told me about the CES letter. And he wasn't pushy. He, he just said, because I asked him, I was like, what are some of the things that bothered you about it? Because I wanted to know. I had heard the J. Reuben Clark quote, the, if we have the truth, it can't be harmed. If we have not the truth, it ought to be harmed. Um, I'd heard that on my mission. I loved it. I thought that was the most beautiful thing. It, it like strengthened my testimony because yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, I shouldn't be scared of any information yeah. because this is all true. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of went head first into it. I, I asked him and he, he was like, well, yeah, there's this guy that kind of wrote a letter about his concerns <laughs> and I was like, okay. I went home and I typed in CES letter and I I pulled that up. I also had pulled up uh, the essays because I was like, you know, if this guy is just an angry anti-Mormon, I want to have Mormon information to sort of counterbalance that. I pulled up Fair Mormon and I think Fair Mormon's really what did me in. And <laughs> they They've just got all this information... Uh, but re- I, really the story, and, and it was like over the course of a night that I was like, oh, none of this is true. Like I, I, I clicked on the story. <clears throat> Basically, I got the story of Helen Mark Kimball. And the part that got me 
was when he claimed that he said God came to him three times, and on the third time, it was an angel with a drawn sword telling him, you got to marry this girl. And, I mean, even barring the fact that she was 14, and this is horribly manipulative, it it kind of spits in the face of everything good that Mormonism taught me. Yeah. Um, because I think the most... The, the absolutely most important concept in Mormonism is freedom of choice, free will. Um, because if you think about it, that's what the entire war in heaven was fought over, right? That's Because mm-hmm. Satan could have saved everyone. He, he had a plan to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, his plan was to suffer and die. He was willing to suffer. That was the, the entire atonement. It's him willing to suffer and die. Um more than anybody's ever suffered before so that we could have free will. And plus, there would be collateral damage. So if the if freedom of choice was more important to God than saving every single soul, it must be pretty important. And the fact that that same God would just sort of spit on that, you know, and force Joseph at risk of his own death to marry a 14-year-old, I was like, either he is very foolish and and petty and childish. Or maybe Joseph just lied and he was a bit of a sexual deviant predator. Or. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good point. I actually never really thought about that. It's like, that. But yeah, that's just another one of the scenarios or stories or examples of the fact that we really don't have free agency in Mormonism, even though we are taught that from primary that yes isn't it awesome that we have free agency and it just never made sense that we did I'm like it doesn't feel like I have the choice like it's basically like you choose this or you go to hell so (laughs) so yeah that just doesn't feel like free agency to me but that is a really great point I want to know also like at that point when you you said it was like a matter of a day where you're like this is not true. Like, what were the instant thoughts and feelings that you were experiencing in that moment? Uh, I'd say, I mean, the first thing I thought was, ah, oh, crap, my marriage is over. Um, <laughs> I, because uh, a lot of, anybody who knows Morgan from her show doesn't know Morgan from before. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. Because... She was, I honestly, I had always classified her as the least likely person I've ever met in my life to leave the church. And so I didn't even try. I was like, if I even try to bring this stuff up to her, it's going to just, we're going to get divorced. (laughs) So basically my thought at that point was, oh, I guess I'll just have to fake it for the rest of my life. (laughs) And and I did for a while. Uh, for a long time. Yeah, uh, but the, I guess the first emotion. didn't have any kids. No, no, no. We didn't have any kids at this point. Uh, and I guess the, so the first emotions I probably felt were mainly anger. I went and wrote a bunch of very angsty <laughs> songs about, <laughs> like, a bunch of F you God songs. Went through my, I, I kind of went almost full-blown nihilist (laughs) just nothing matters (laughs) 
So are you, do you write music? Like, is that something that you do? Or is that just like some like little hobby kind of thing? Yeah, I, I've got some friends that we write music together and it's just fun. And they were getting kind of sick of it. They're three bro- One of them was my best friend that told me about the CES letter. He plays bass with me. The other two are his brothers. The drummer is out of the church too, uh, but the guitarist is still a member. And he, <laughs> there were a couple songs where he's he's a chill guy. He's an awesome dude. Um, but there were a couple songs where even he was like, "Dude, come on, <laughs> you gotta calm down." <laughs> probably like very therapeutic though right like I just think that we all have our ways of processing and for you to be able to just get that anger out in in writing songs like I bet that really was helpful until you could get to a point where maybe you could talk to Morgan a little bit more about it so yeah I want to know how that was when you finally decided decided to start talking to Morgan about it um I think do you remember when I started talking to you about it because it was a couple years into our marriage um I mean I was just gonna avoid it forever I think but uh that was my plan and so far my plan was going swimmingly it was uh our marriage was great um my soul was in torment but you know (laughs) everything else was nice um but eventually it gets hard to hide that you can't really convince people that you're doing all right and so Morgan had been bugging me for (laughs) for weeks like what's wrong (laughs) and uh finally I was just like oh well I read some troubling things about the church (laughs) you know just stuff that's hard to swallow no big deal I I sugarcoated it and I think that would have been back in what like 2014 15 ish and um I remember that because I I remember he was really like bumming out and I was like, I was starting to get really worried that, but I was like in my own head, I was really young. So I was thinking, this is about me. Like something's going on. Like there's something wrong. And so he ended up telling me that, you know, he read those things and, and I was kind of like relieved because, because I was relieved it wasn't about me exactly. But I also thought there's no way he'll ever leave. Like, because I just, I, I thought, oh, he read some troubling stuff, but he'll pray about it and he'll figure it out. So like, I wasn't, I remember I wasn't really worried, but at the same time, I know there was a lot of underlying fear, like that it was a possibility because my dad left the church when I was 18 and that was like really confusing for me. And so I was like afraid of like, my husband leaving the church, I'd be about like the worst thing that could happen aside from that. So it was definitely something I was afraid of, but I was just glad he was finally at least talking about it. And I thought, Oh, if he talks about it, it'll get better. (laughs) And, um, yeah. So I think the next big part kind of in our story of how this kind of developed was we had just bought our first house together. And we still had no kids at, at this point. So this was 2016. Yeah. And um, we were literally like weeks away from moving into our house. And by this point, um, Jared, you know, had, I, I mean, it was a slow like that he kept bringing it up to me until it got to the point where it was like, no, I really like don't want to be a part of this church anymore. And um, I just kept hoping he would come back, 
but I was like, I didn't know what else to do. And then we were, we were buying the house together. And by that point he was like out, out, but I, again, I was still hoping. And then we were starting to have arguments about kind of the rules of the house and what they would be. Because by that point, Jared had started drinking. I don't, I don't know how soon before that you would start drinking with your friends. But up until that point, we had said we wouldn't have alcohol in the house and stuff because it made me really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, he was really not liking that idea that he wouldn't be able to drink in his own house. And I was, like, really scared that he would be an alcoholic. <laughs> and so we just were really, like, realizing at that point that we were, like, on different pages. And it was, like, really scary. And... We were like, we just bought this house together and now everything's falling apart. <laughs> and it was just scary because um, it, it was like we were on different paths and I just didn't know what to do. So I was going to like a lot of my friends like to ask them what I should do. And they were like, oh, it's a slippery slope. Like he started drinking. So like he's going to start cheating on you. Like and I was so like I was like hurt by that. But I was also like. I know Jared, like, he's not that kind of person. Plus, I started cheating on you way before I started drinking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tell them that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought this would be the best way to tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear Lord, bless us on this day. Okay. Um, so, so my friends were all thinking that I might, I sh- it would just be easier to just get a divorce. And I didn't feel good about it. And so um, we kept trying to talk through it all. And and I remember we got into one really big argument. Again, I think it was just right after we moved into this house. And we realized at that point that like our marriage was potentially heading for divorce if it were to keep going at this rate of the disagreement and just not being able to be on the same page and I think it was just a huge um shifting moment for us because the fear of like the potential split up made us realize like how committed we actually were to each other and then things really started to drastically change after that because I think what happened on my end was I recognized that even if he was going to be never be Mormon again his whole life that I still wanted to be with him because I loved him. And so I think for me, it made me let go of like holding on to that hope and like putting that pressure on him that like I wanted him to come back. And I think for him, it kind of like, I don't know, what did it do for you? (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I would say divorce was never like an option in my head. And then we had that fight, and I was, and I, and I realized that that's like a real possibility, like because everyone thinks about divorce, like yeah, it happens to these people, it's not gonna happen to me. Yeah. And so, and then I was like, oh man, it could happen to me. And once you realize it, yeah, it's possible that you could not be with this person next year. Then you kind of say, oh, I want to be with this person next year, and. I gotta we gotta do something about this so I I guess it was just a realization that kind of made us sort of change things up a little bit 
uh, I think one thing we learned at that point in our marriage was that um, marriage isn't just like something you decide one day like, oh, we're going to get married and like that's it. I think we kind of learned that it's a commitment every single day. You're choosing again to be with that person. And I think it just totally changed our marriage like for the best, like because at that point we started communicating a lot better. And even though we weren't agreeing, it was like we were hearing each other and we were stopping like it's we didn't try to keep changing each other anymore. Although Jared was never real pushy, but I think I was probably more pushy, but I stopped I guess wanting him to change. I got I remember because people would always say to me stuff like, "Oh, he'll come back." Like and I would like make me hopeful, but then people started saying like, "Oh, he'll probably come back one day." And it would actually make me mad cuz I'm like, "He's perfect." <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with him. Like he's not broken, even though I still did want him to come back. <laughs> so, anyway, from that point, I think uh what happened from there was we kind of reestablished that, that ability to communicate and we started building trust in like that next year. And when we started building trust, I was actually able to have conversations with him about religious stuff. And when I, he, when he started answering my questions and things like that, that's when things really started to fall apart from me, for me. And Jared jokes that, People say, you know, what's the nail in your coffin? Like, what's the nail in your coffin that, like, made you leave? And Jared said the nail in my coffin was being able to communicate honestly with him about stuff. <laughs> because then I was open to the truth. Anyway, um, I remember one instance in particular that got me talking to Jared about specific church issues was I was going to get my temple recommend renewed. And that would have been uh, September of 2017. And, of course, I didn't know my stake president very well, but he was asking, like, you know, how are you doing or whatever? And I'm, like, crying because I'm, like, well, my husband doesn't go to church. Like, and it's really hard and I don't know what to do. And, and he said, <laughs> he said, the only thing that can bring your husband back is the Book of Mormon. <laughs> and I felt like this was, like, God telling me this is what's going to fix him or something, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, very shortly after that, I went to Jared and I said, um, so I know you don't really believe in the church, but how do you explain the Book of Mormon? And I was, like, really, like, I got him. <laughs> and And then he, like, had all these answers. And I was, like wait a second <laughs> that's not what I was expecting um did you want to say anything on that uh, yeah I just want to know like some of the specific some of your responses to the book of Mormon like in a nutshell because I know there's a lot but yeah. what were some of the main points of, of the book of Mormon that you know your response to your explanation of how the book of Mormon could possibly be made up <laughs> <laughs> well the book of Mormon wasn't like a huge obviously I, I I explained earlier what my sort of nail in the coffin was. Um, so all of my research on the Book of Mormon was done after I no longer believed anyway. Um, 
So I didn't honestly do a whole lot of research into it. I, I like she asked, "Where do you think the Book of Mormon came from? Like, how, how could he have written?" I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a genius. Like, he, he's I I think he's a bad person, but <laughs> I think he was incredibly intelligent. I I kind of reject the idea that you know that oh no, uneducated farm boy could have written that. Like, mm. But I also kind of explain, you know, there's some there's some books he could have had that that are very similar. I, I talked about, it. yeah, some people think maybe he took it from View of the Hebrews. Um, I didn't really go into the Spalding theory because I'm pretty sure most people don't accept that. Very, it's it's just Solomon Spalding wrote. I can't even remember the name of the book, but I, I think even most ex Mormons kind of don't really accept that theory I, so I really didn't even look into it that much one of the big ones was obviously the anachronisms like I told her well I mean they talk about having steel and sure you could kind of get around that by saying well maybe they were just talking about iron maybe some type of metal and Joseph Smith just wrote down steel it's that one's not that big of a deal but then when you get into horses you get people trying to explain it like well maybe they rode tapirs i was like have you seen a tapir <laughs> their legs are short. i can probably outrun one and i'm i'm very overweight <laughs> but uh you get into that and then and, and then you get into the amount it's sort of the grand scale joseph smith was a storyteller and if he would have just put what if he would have put his talents to writing i think we would have had some brilliant works from him honestly because he's very theatrical like the battle between um uh, the the battle where all of the jaredites died off um it was it supposedly took place in his backyard and on the hill camora and and he claims that over a million people died in that one battle and I just kind of told her, well, if a million people died in a battle in an approximate location, we probably would have found some evidence of that. And I told her, like, yeah, they, they hadn't invented the wheel yet, but they said they had chariots. They hadn't invented any sort of organized agriculture. There's there's a lot of sort of things I went into, um, but... These were the kind of conversations that sort of opened Morgan up, I think. And and I think the key was her and I uh, both being very unemotional, right? Like not feeling attacked or not feeling like attacking. I think a trap that most people who leave the church fall into is that they want to change minds. And they think, like, I found out about this and I'm enraged. If they find out about it, they'll be enraged too, so they go up to their dad and they say, did you know Joseph Smith was a rapist, predator, liar, treasure digger? <laughs> yeah. And they kind of, I think in their head, maybe they expect him to be like, what? <laughs> I need more. to tell me about this. I need to leave. I can't support it. But they're like, hey, don't be mean, man. I'm, this is my prophet you're talking about. <laughs> so That's funny, though, because that is actually very similar. I can totally relate to... Um, it was about the time when the CES letter came out that Sean read it 
and he became he started becoming very negative and vocal about the things that he didn't like about the church and in my mind I always thought you're not supposed to ever voice that like you just don't say things that's disrespectful so I would get so mad at him and we'd argue about it and it was just fighting all the time because I was in that mentality of you're wrong and I'm not going to listen to you because you are going against what we're taught. You know, like not, he wasn't even saying like this church isn't true or thinking about leaving anything. He was just like, you know, questioning things. And I got really mad, like don't question. And, and then it's funny because I started, you know, we fought for like, we, we, we went through like this really difficult period of time. It was like months, I think about like six months. It felt like we were like constantly, it kept coming up like, I was mad at him because he, you know, you know, he'd say like, how about we go to the lake today instead of go to church? And like, he would do little things like that. And I would just get so mad that he's not being the, the priesthood holder of the family, the patriarch, you know, it's like, <laughs> why aren't you leading us? You know, like, and I remember I just finally started to let go of me wanting him so badly to be this perfect patriarch of the home and perfect Mormon father husband and I let it go but it took time it took some time and a lot of work on myself to get to that space where I could just have no more expectations around that and just allow him to experience his life the way he wants to experience it and no more trying to control that and to like to steer it the way I wanted and I started doing like I was started getting into a, a life coaching program so I was had a life coach and I talked about it before on Jody with Jody Moore and she's an LDS life coach and and I told you and I've mentioned many times on the podcast that um, she's the one that helped me leave the church <laughs> she taught me so much but she was the one that helped me be more open and just allowing Sean to voice his opinions and we started having very healthy conversations around it there was no more anger like you guys said it was just very calm you could just have like an adult conversation and not get defensive and once I allowed myself to just really listen then I started to allow myself to listen to me too <laughs> you know like yes. maybe I have some concerns too that I've been shoving down that I've never really allowed myself to to think much about or put any 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 energy around and I realized I have a lot of concerns a lot of things that I'm constantly like but why and we would talk about it I would just like I remember like over our entire marriage there would be like things I'd be like but why would they say that why would they do that you know why would the prophet say that why would God want this you know and it just felt all so very confusing to me and then I finally allowed myself to really ponder those things instead of like ask the question why but it's okay just have faith like you know we put it back on the shelf we don't talk about it it's fine we'll figure it out later so I would just never really think about it but then we started having those conversations and yeah it was really like amazing it felt really good to finally be able to open about uh, up about everything that I was feeling that I have felt and thought that I never felt allowed to talk about and then also, I was offering, opening that, up that space for Sean to do the same. And then within months, we were out. <laughs> that is so relatable. Like, I just feel like that's so similar to, like, I feel like th there's a parallel yeah. between our stories in a lot of ways. And because, yeah, as I, as I started having these conversations with Jared, at the same time, 
I was also life coaching. Now, I wasn't life coaching for the purpose of leaving the church or anything. I was life coaching for the purpose of feeling good about life, right? Yeah. And because I, I, was, I was not, at the time, feeling real good. And um, I realized that at the same time, this um, my, my life coach and now business partner, Angie Monko, uh, she was teaching me about the importance of loving yourself, of trusting yourself, of accepting yourself. And that was bringing such momentous change into my life. I remember thinking, why aren't we learning this at church? Yeah. Like, this is so helpful. Like, I was amazed at the transformation I was experiencing through that. And I was like, why aren't we learning this at church? And then at the same time, I'm having these more honest communications with Jared and I'm start all the cognitive dissonance is starting to pile up because I'm like feeling like this pull to want to love myself and accept myself. And I'm feeling the church clashing with that. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I've got Jared who seems to have an answer to everything. <laughs> and it was annoying. And <laughs> Because I remember getting mad when he'd have an answer for everything because I kept thinking like, oh, I'll, like, well, what about the three witnesses or what about this? Like, and I thought, oh, I got him, you know, yeah. but he was so good. And he and like he said, he was always so unemotional about it. He never made me feel like attacked or judged like he would. I would always ask a question and he'd be like, well, you know, some people think this. Some people think that fair Mormon says this It's you know, it's just whatever. <laughs> like he would like really downplay it because it. It gave me the space to process because he wasn't trying to get me to think a certain way. And that ironically was what got me thinking better than if he were trying to force it. Well, I I think you also just started to, when we would have these discussions, you would just view it as information, right? Rather than, safer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, r rather than like an agenda, because if you just kind of, I don't know. Obviously, I had a bias. I, everyone's got that bias. But if you sort of present it in a way that, you know, you're honest about your bias and you and you say, this is what my side thinks, this is what the other side thinks, you know, you think what you want. And you just, but you took it very well at that point and you would just view it as information and not get hurt by it. I think it was, it helped me to not, get so hurt and caught up like you said because I did view it as a discussion and I remember I often felt afraid of these discussions because it seemed like I kind of saw where this was leading but then Jared would say I think you would say like um it was kind of like that that Clark quote or Jay what's Jay his name Jay Reuben Clark and it was like you shouldn't be afraid of the truth because if you have it then there's nothing that could hurt it. And if you don't, you should want it. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, I guess, gave me comfort too, because I was like, well, I mean, if there, you know, if there's stuff out there that's going to say differently, I, maybe I should know about it. And, um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, I did feel just very like accepted by Jared. And he would always say to me, like, regardless of the conversation and where it went, he would always say like, I'm going to love you no matter what. Like you could be Mormon your whole life. I don't care. And that helped me so much. And I know that that doesn't always happen in a marriage and that's hard. I've had so many people reach out to me that said they left and then their spouse was like, no, I'm done. And, or vice versa, you know, and I'm just grateful that 
that didn't happen on either end. Um, you know, so, so I think we got to a point where it was February of 2018 and I was, um, my, my shelf was cracking significantly at, by that point. Um, and I had never looked into anything. I had only heard about the gospel topic essays and CS letter through Jared at that point. And so, but it was enough <laughs> that I was confused. And I think the other thing that at that point started to confuse me was I was trying, again, I was trying to find myself, trying to accept myself. And as I started to f- accept myself, I started to let go of the Mormon view of God. And, and then it was causing more clashing because in my mind, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't think, I don't think drinking coffee is a big deal. And I wasn't doing it, but I was like, I just, I don't see why God would care. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think my whole life, I, I had so much kind of self-loathing. I don't know that it made sense why God would be so petty. <laughs> but once I started to break away from that, it was another thing that was like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like, why would God care if, you know, the, these things just seem so arbitrary. Um And so then, so it was February of 2018 that my shelf was cracking and I remember I was getting ready for church and I usually would just go alone. Um, at that point, Jared went with me for a long time just to make it easier on me, but it got to a point where it was easier to go without him because otherwise I would sit there and feel weird that he was like making judgments about what they were saying. So, so I was getting ready for church and I was thinking, um, I, I just, all of this had just been building up and building up. And, and like you said, you feel like you're not even allowed to express it because that's wrong because you can't go off on the church or whatever. So I remember I just totally broke down and I was sobbing and Jared's like, what's going on? And I was like, I just am, I'm scared. Like, and I, I, what I vocalized at that point was that I was having some serious doubts about the church, but I was feeling guilty even expressing that. Like it just felt like a sin to even say that I was doubting, which going back, I just want to like hug little Morgan (laughs) because I'm like, it was like, because I was so scared. I just wanted to be good so bad. And, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was just confused and it, you know, it was just the path that everything had to go on. So, so then at that point I had that breakdown And even though I felt bad, I was like, I need to accept where I'm at because I cannot improve if I just keep pushing it underneath. So at that point, I said to myself, I'm going to get answers and then I'm going to be the most awesome Mormon ever. (laughs) So I started looking into things (laughs) and that did not go the way I expected. (laughs) So by the time... And at this point, I was also very pregnant. So then May of 2018, our, our first son was born, our only son so far. And um, by that point, I remember feeling like I was afraid the church wasn't true. I was very afraid that it wasn't true. And I was also very afraid that it was true. And it was like such an uncomfortable place to be in. And on top of that, like you've got the hormones and everything because yeah. my son was just born and I wasn't sleeping. And so it was it was a nightmare for like a long time. So it was it was like very unfortunate that these things had to hit me at the same time because I was very depressed for a while. Yeah. 
and you know it all happened in the timing it was meant to um but yeah from there I mean I just started looking more into stuff and I started you know watching podcasts or listening to podcasts or whatever and um I remember I just kept going back and forth like oh man there's no way the church could be true and then I'm like oh but but it is true. So like, I don't, and then like, I was just going back and forth and back and forth and it was just so sickening. (laughs) So I think, uh, all, all of this, I, I remember telling myself like a lot, this is the last time I'm getting off the fence. (laughs) Like, And whether it was one side or the other, like I kept telling myself, but I I couldn't, I couldn't get off the fence because the fence was safe, (laughs) even though my butt hurt. You didn't have to make a decision. (laughs) Exactly. Sitting on the fence felt safer than making a decision. So I sat on that fence, held to it for dear life. (laughs) Um, So then I went to this um, like whole soul retreat thing is like about self-help and healing and stuff that was being put on by my my now business partner and um at that retreat that was November of 2018 no October excuse me of 2018 and basically by the end of the retreat I had done so much like work on myself like emotionally internally and everything that I just felt myself really like coming to peace with this idea that that maybe there is life outside of this church and it was scary but it was also like beautiful and I remember that it was at the end of that retreat it was like a four-day retreat that I ever used the word ex-Mormon to refer to myself now I didn't really start using that until a few months later regularly but at that point it was a bit it was a big breakthrough because I felt like maybe, maybe I could leave and things would be okay. I was very afraid of God being mad at me for the most part, like, and the judgment of my friends and family as well. But like more than that, I was worried about disappointing God. Um, you know, because my whole life I had taught that the most important thing is that you serve God and leaving the church felt like a huge betrayal to God and everything God had given to me, you know, in my life. So, um, I remember at that, up until that point, I had been feeling the urge to want to um, share my story, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. I had been feeling the desire to put my story out there. And so then it was, you know, my coach at the times during this, this experience said, you know, Morgan, you should think about putting your story out there. And I took that as, oh boy, this really does need to happen. So literally like a week or two after that um, retreat I was on, I started recording my my vlogs that are now, most of them are on my YouTube channel now. And it was funny because for a while I recorded a bunch, but I wouldn't post them because it was too scary. <laughs> but I felt that desire and I think a big part of it came from like I was so lonely. Like, And of course I had Jared, thank God I had Jared. But I felt so lonely because my whole life, all my friends and family and everything were Mormon. And so stepping away from that and not being able to talk to them about it was just so scary. So I felt like this YouTube could be an outlet to ex- like I'm like, I'm, I can't be the only one that feels this way. And and so it was it was very healing for me, I think, to start making the videos. 
And so, you know, I, I worked up the courage to start posting some and, um, I was, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of views really until it was April of this year, 2019, that, um, I was watching conference. And by this point I was, I was done like, but I was watching conference pretty much <laughs> to were, just be mad. Yeah. You was watching conference in the way that like every ex Mormon watches conference that I like the first session. She just like, I, I had done that, but like by this point I was done thinking about Mormonism. Like I just didn't really think about it at all. And, and I would, be sitting in there playing a game or playing guitar or whatever and we're gonna rush in there they just said this sir they <laughs> they just called us apostates they just said we're lost causes or can you believe this I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes that's so accurate so good old nelson <laughs> gave a talk i think it was sunday of conference April 2019 and his talk was about people leaving and um, his talk upset me so deeply (laughs) because it felt like it was just riddled with misunderstandings and encouraging family members to be very afraid for their people that have left and I was just like no this is not how God works like God doesn't work through fear I was like Nuh-uh. Yeah. No, thank you. So I, so I, at that point, I recorded a video of me just ranting about how mad I was about that talk and how hurt I was. And that video was what skyrocketed the channel because there was a lot of people not happy about that talk, yeah. not skyrocketed, but it, it was, so it was my first, I'll say, ex-Mormon viral yeah. it's like 2,000 views like before I had like you know 100 views at most or whatever and um at that point I got a lot of feedback that was like other people thinking and feeling the same way and that just like validated me and it made me just want to do more videos so then and then I think I yeah at that point started having Jared on the channel as well because I was too nervous sometimes. Like if I, a lot of my early vlogs was me just talking about feelings, but when I wanted to talk about policy and stuff, I was, I was nervous. So having Jared there, I was like, he's smart, like, and funny. He can help me back me up. And people loved him on the channel. So then he became like an integral part of it as well. Tell us about Sister Jensen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Sister Jensen. Can we get Sister Jensen in the room? (laughs) Jensen, oh, she's here. <laughs> Hello, Sister Jensen. Thank you for joining us. I really don't like being here right now. I don't like what you stand for. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Jensen, get out. <laughs> um, so I was doing a video, and I remember it was about the whole... Uh, concept of you can leave Mormonism, but you can't leave it alone. Because I, I still get comments on my YouTube channel. I'm sure you get comments like that all the time. Um, and I was like, how ridiculous is this? They tell us we can't leave it alone, but here they are knocking at our doors, <laughs> trying to give us brownies. How dare they? <laughs> and, um, and, and, you know, inviting us to all these temple things and church things and, and t- you know, trying to get us to watch conference and get us to watch these talks. Yeah, which can in some way seem very positive. Like, oh, that's nice. But they don't always do it in a nice way. Like, yeah. exact example that you just stated. 
President Nelson's talk. Like, that is not kind. What they're saying about us, that's not kind. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, I will never be mad at someone for bringing me brownies. <laughs> and for someone wanting me to be a part of their church. Like, that is an absolutely wonderful thing. But what bothers me is when Mormons say, you guys can't leave it alone. When sometimes... It's Mormons that are ones that won't let us leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I thought there was a lot of irony in that. Um, and so I, I, so we, we made, I wanted to make a little skit about like having your visiting teacher show up over and over and over again. And so, and then um, it, people loved it so much. They loved <laughs> the wig and everything <laughs> that it just became like this, you know, re repeating series. And did you want to talk about your inspiration? Sure. Um, yeah, we didn't really expect it to, to happen in multiple videos. So I, I, I did the sort of the passive aggressive voice and came in with, it wasn't even a plate of brownies. It was a pop tart. Cause we thought that'd be <laughs> extra funny. You know, <laughs> if you really want to look into it, but, um, and I th we've got like three or four takes of it. And I think I had a different name every time. Uh, but then I had. I actually remembered those. Uh, I don't. I don't know how many people have seen them, but they they're from quite a while ago. The Sister Jensen videos, where I I remembered that YouTube channel, The Burning Bosom, and how they had a lot of they had a lot of really funny skits on. I liked I, like I saw them when I was still Mormon, and I thought they were yeah, hilarious. So, yeah. And one of their recurring characters was Sister Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> she she would call of hey there sister jensen i just saw taislin drinking a caffeinated beverage and <laughs> and so i was like i love that so i i just used that name and so i wasn't trying to steal it from him <laughs> i just because i just thought it was a one-time thing we were going to use sister jensen but yeah she was just too popular she was just <laughs> she's an all-time favorite so we can never get rid of her um, yeah, so I guess, I mean, that kind of, like, brings us, you know, close to where we're at now is that, um, this, the whole journey is still so fresh, and I think it's just beautiful getting to share that with people, and I'm just, I mean, I'm just overwhelmed by the support that comes back, and the, and the amount of people that feel exactly the way I do, and just how amazing it is to be able to connect with these people and I, I don't know my biggest thing I think when I was leaving it I just felt so alone and I, I'm just I guess I feel like in doing this maybe I can just help other people to feel like not so alone in what they're doing yeah I really like that because you do feel alone and then but there's I think there's something inside you that is like pushing you to be vocal about it or public in some way or do something with your story because it's like you can't just like hold it in like your family's not letting you talk about it you want to express it and and I think some people feel drawn to doing it on social media I mean that's our platform where we get to express ourselves and we it's our way of you know we all express ourselves in different ways and you know the Mormons get to do it too they get to you know share their testimony and speak their truth but for some reason we're not allowed but <laughs> it's just um I think when you initially start like you said you did it and then you started getting a lot of really great feedback and then it 
it made you want to do more. And I know that exact feeling because when I first decided to be public about me leaving the church in episode 21 of this podcast, I was like, okay, that's just going to be one episode. And then, <laughs> and then I'll go back to doing what I was doing, which is more like personal development, self-help type stuff. And um, and then I just couldn't stop because like so many people were reaching out to me saying, me too, me too. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying exactly how I feel. And I just can't say it. Like it's, I've got too much writing on it. Like not everybody is in the position where they can express it yet. Like I know that we're all in different situations and we have to be sensitive to everyone's circumstance, you know, like not everybody can be like shouting it. <laughs> the way we are you know like so vocal about it and and unafraid because um we're all in very different circumstances so when we can do that for people that are not able to yet or are just not ready to or or, or too afraid to in the moment it feels good for them you know it feels like they're getting to express it in some way when they are feeling like they have to be kept silent you know okay. and and then um I wanted to ask you though about um, the feedback because yeah there's amazing feedback and then you get the negative <laughs> and I want to know like what your thoughts are around that because for me in the beginning it was really devastating like so hard because I'm already like feeling unstable like in so many ways and then to get people you know coming at me and being hurtful and it it was really hard in the beginning and I just didn't know how to handle it and it really scared me and, and I was like okay I can't talk about this anymore like this like, this is too hard like people hate me you know <laughs> and people and I'm being mean and disrespectful but then I started to grow into more of this confidence because I realized how many people need to hear the story how many people love it and are just you know just need to hear other people express what they're going through so that they don't feel alone because if we're gonna just do what the church tells us to do and 100% leave the church alone and not talk about it. Mm. How does that make everyone feel who's coming out and nobody, mm. nobody can talk about it? Nobody can? So then you leave the church and like nobody's posting YouTube videos about it. Nobody's doing a podcast about it because we're trying to be respectful and not talk about it mm. for the sake of the Mormons. But what about all these people like us that are yes, leaving that need to hear this? You know, it's like, we that's why I think we we grow beyond the negativity and the comments people saying like gosh you guys are just angry ex-mormons I don't get it why can't you just leave the church alone it's like well, you don't get it you don't get how bad people are suffering you have no clue what it feels like to leave this lifelong religion and to have an existential crisis and just fear everything for for months and not knowing which way is up and or down and you're just so scared so when the more people that can come out and be so vocal about it and share their lives and their stories and their experience and and over a long period of time and you see how they're coping with life then those people that are freshly coming out will be like oh okay they're doing okay so I'm gonna be okay you know so we need to do that for those people but tell me what it felt like in the beginning because I know you did a YouTube video on sharing some of the or no, you've posted on your Instagram sharing some of the hurtful comments and we kind of laugh about it and you're, you know, you can laugh about it, but how does that really make you feel and how do you get to a place where it doesn't affect you or does it still affect you? That's such a good question. And I did want to also comment really quick about something else you said, because um, there is this stigma about like, well, you're just supposed to leave and you're supposed to leave quietly. 
and just how damaging that is to tell someone. Um, because so like, for example, um, I have one aunt who's ex Mormon. I actually interviewed her on my channel. She's amazing. And, um, she was someone who left five or six years ago and I knew her very well. And as I watched her, you know, she was one to want to help pick people up who were kind of struggling with church stuff and say, you know what? You're worthy. You're okay. You're, you're loved still. And to watch her do that, I remember thinking like, how in the world could this be bad? Like, how could that be bad? But it would be bad because they're talking about church stuff and saying that you don't need the church and, you know, things like that. But I, I think what it started to get me to realize was that we're all people and we all need help with what we're going through. And so we do get a lot of kickback on this channel and on, on what we're doing because people will say, like, you're you're crapping on the church, you're crapping on what we love, like, you're you know, you're doing this and whatever. And I'm like, like, you don't understand, like, I'm not doing this to hurt you. Like, I'm doing this to help all the people who were like little Morgan, confused and scared and alone and not sure if they had any meaning in life outside of that church and just letting those people know that that it's okay to feel what you're feeling, I, I just think was so important. So, so yeah, so when it comes to the feedback on the channel, so overwhelmingly, I have been, I've received so much positive feedback and it's helped me so much because it has been doing this channel has been the absolute hardest thing I've probably ever done <laughs> because you, ha you put yourself out there and it is absolutely terrifying. I'm still scared every time I post a video. Um, I'm much less scared than I used to be, but it depends on the topic too. When things get more vulnerable, I get more scared <laughs> yeah. because, because anyone can say anything. And, and it was really hard. It was hard getting kickback from Mormons um, who would say things like, uh, you're just deceived and like wickedness never was happiness. And like, and you know, um, you can't leave the church, but you can't leave it alone. And like, and you know, really hurtful things. I mean, I've had some comments that are just so mean and, and I wasn't expecting it from the Mormons, I guess. I mean, I was, but I wasn't because of how most Mormons I grew up with were very nice. And I'd be getting comments like, you two idiots never should have been in the Lord's church anyway in the first place, like, and stuff like that. And you're just like, oh my Lord. Yeah. Oh, bless us. <laughs> I had one just barely there, the, on YouTube that said, well, I'm glad you guys left so we didn't have to kick you out. <laughs> right? You're like, yeah. love at home. <laughs> Thank you for your light of Christ shining on my YouTube channel. Um, and honestly, I, I think, yeah, it was very devastating. Like anytime I get comments and I mean, you get people going off on you for everything, like from like being like, oh, you guys are fat. And like, we're like, we know we're working on it. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> All right. Um, like, good thing you told us. I hadn't looked in the mirror yet today. Um, and, you know, and stuff saying like, you're over emotional and you're overreacting, like stuff like that. And I'm like, well, I'm sure from your perspective, it looks like I'm overreacting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it was very, very hard. I would, I would for days sometimes just be devastated over one negative comment, mm -hmm. but it just, you know, you just, you keep moving forward and you keep just trying and because you get those emails and things that are flooding in that are more positive and you remember, you know what, this isn't for these people. Yeah. These ones that are posting negative comments, this channel's not for them. So I don't have to worry about what they think. And that's easier said than done. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. But like you said, you're like, just keep going because 
you just got to maintain focus on what your purpose is. And it's not to be angry and to be a jerk and to shit on the church, you know, like you said, because that's not what we're trying to do. And sometimes when I think as a Mormon or, you know, put myself in their shoes, I can understand where they're coming from. But I also don't think, I mean, I'm not saying I'm better than them, but I don't think I would be so concerned about what other people are saying. Like, why do they care so much? Like, just focus on you and your your gospel and whatever. Like, you don't need to go searching for ex-Mormon channels and what people are saying. And and even me, like, I, you know, I had my, my Wanna Be Balanced Instagram and my blog. I've had it for 10 years now. And so my target audience has always been LDS women. And so I know that it was a shock for a lot of people. And so I'm, like, coming out and saying, yeah, like, basically, and I did you know publicly say like I am totally fine if you guys want to unfollow me like Mm -hmm. please do actually and in this moment like I would rather you do that because I know I might say things that might hurt you and so I'm just letting you know now that I am no longer your person you know I'm not going to be that Mormon mom and say the things that you you need so if if you're like all in, in loving the church then just kindly leave there doesn't have to be any hostility. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to be mad at them for unfollowing. I totally get it. And they don't need to be mad at me for <laughs> making this life change. You know, it's just like we just allow each other to go on our own paths. And I'm just seriously, I love when I meet Mormons like that are, or I, that I still have some Mormons following me. And they've been so kind. I mean, there's yeah. not many, but there are the ones that have totally got into a space where they are not offended. They don't take it personally at all. And I wonder if they even think like Mormons typically do, like, oh, she'll find her way back, you know, like if they're secretively thinking that. I wonder if they're just kind of like, yeah, like she's totally on her path. Like maybe that's her path. Maybe yeah. that is that path is okay. Like not right. everyone has to be Mormon. I think they're really in that space. Otherwise, you know, and our church doesn't teach that. They don't teach like yeah, everybody could go on their own path. And it's like, no, this is the one and only true church. So if they are not in, they're lost. And if they're on a different path that may seem good, then they're just taught, like you said, wickedness never was happiness. They'll be back. And like, they're going to realize. And my mom told me that too. She's like, when I first told her, she's like, well, you know, it's fine. I support you. But I just want you to know, I've tried leaving the church before and not, because of all the reasons I have. So yeah. she thinks that I'm just going through a phase or whatever, and she has no idea it has everything to do about with the things that the church teaches. It's not a ju- just about me feeling lazy or confused with my life, you know, like she went through different things in her life and she just, yeah. you know, maybe just wasn't as interested in the church, but it wasn't like, she had all these questions and doubts. It was like, I think deep down, she always knew she'd be back. And so in her mind, she thinks I'm going through the same similar experience. She's like, I've been down that path before and it is not good. And I'm like, okay, mom, but I don't, you've never been on this particular path because you're not open to all these things. You know, Mormons typically aren't open to those things. But yeah, it's just like, we have to, realize that we are allowed to speak our truth we don't have to be angry at mormons and they don't need to be angry at us we can i really see how we can coexist and still disagree 
on things, you know? Absolutely. Still, all, we all agree on love, so why don't we just focus on that, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, I, yeah, I just wanted to add to that that um, I think <laughs> – I don't like the stigma that a lot of people have about me when they think, oh, she's ex-Mormon. She's got this ex-Mormon YouTube channel. Like, oh my gosh, she must hate Mormons. Like, I will always have a very special place in my heart for Mormons. Those are my people. Like, that's everything, you know, like that I grew up with. And, and so, um, yeah, so yeah, that's why I think it is especially hurtful when you do get negative comments from Mormons and you're like, I'm just trying to do good. <laughs> like, you don't understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that it is a beautiful place. And I think especially as, I don't know, things are really shifting a lot. I am seeing more support, even like you said, on my channel from people who are Mormon, like, um, and that has shocked me and been amazing because this is definitely not the same church that Joseph Smith started. It's come a long way. I think it's made a lot of improvements. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, grateful for that. And I think that uh, just seeing it through these eyes of like, you know what, we're all on our paths. Like, and if I want respect on the path I'm on, I need to respect the path that Mormons are on as well, mm-hmm. which is hard to do when you leave initially. But I think it gives me a lot more peace to be able to say Maybe we're all on the path that, you know, that it's okay, you know, so. I think a general rule of thumb for uh, negative YouTube comments is that if they can't take the 14 seconds that, if they can't spend the 14 seconds that it takes to proofread their terrible comment, then you shouldn't really take it very seriously. (laughs) Because it seems to be only the kind of crazy people that are, like, I don't want to be mean, I guess, but, okay, that's mean, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) It doesn't seem to be, I don't think they're sending their A-game to to us. Yeah. It's always the people who type in all caps or... Like, I don't know which letter to capitalize, so I'm just going to do all of them. Like, I, I don't know how many times Morgan has been like, look, I'm not, I'm not hurt about this comment. I just want you to see if you can tell what it's saying, because sometimes it's just... I know it's negative. I just don't know what it means. Yeah, it's... So, I, I think just... For other people just don't take it seriously yeah, <laughs> because it it's a laugh. joke it is, it's, yeah. they're the, the people are usually kind of a joke yeah <laughs> thank you guys for sharing your awesome story like i love getting to know a little bit more about how, how that all unfolded for you guys now i want to know like what your plan is from here on out like i know you're going to continue continue your youtube channel but i also know that you have recently started a a life coaching program and you're a hypnotherapist and so tell me more about that and how you feel like your um, hypnotherapy and life coaching can really serve people leaving the church which I think you know you and I can both agree that we're very passionate about that when you've gone through this experience we're passionate about helping those who are coming after us because we know how challenging it was and how much you have to work through and you need help absolutely thank you crystal um, so yeah, I, I've had my hypnotherapy business for two years, actually. So, uh, even though it's, it was kind of frowned upon in the Mormon community a little bit, hypnosis was always something that I found very fascinating and very helpful in my life because I had a lot of anxiety as a teenager, a lot of panic attacks, and I didn't know what to do. My dad gave me a book and he's like, 
I don't know, maybe this will help. And it was about meditation. And from there, I learned more about self-hypnosis and just trying to use that to help, you know, help make me feel like a functioning human being. And anyway, so, um, so it was just two years ago that I officially got certified to be able to help other clients. Now I was still in the church, but it was funny to watch my business shift a lot as this all shifted. So, um, so now, um, uh, now hypnotherapy is still one of my favorite tools, but I'm, I'm kind of changing my business a little bit as I'm partnering with who was my life coach for years and mentor for years, Angie Monko from Harmony Harbor in St. Louis. And we are working together to implement some group coaching programs and using hypnotherapy and other techniques like that as our tools to help people. Um, and just recently we decided that we would like to specifically start a group coaching program for ex-Mormons with the intent that it will help you destabilize from all of the negative conditioning that you received. And the reason why I'm so excited about this is obviously because I'm so passionate about it because all of these techniques that I'm helping teach other people are ones that will get to the root cause of the problems. And those root causes come from the depths of your subconscious mind where you were fed all of these things as a child that you took on and believed is true. And that, that, chan- that that's what makes you feel that guilt and all these things. And, and so I'm just really excited. Um, you can hear more about this program on my, my YouTube channel. Like, like Crystal mentioned, the My Spiritual Life. It helps if you type in ex-Mormon or ex-Morgan also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very passionate. And honestly, I just have to say that um, I just... Like, I, I feel a little triggered when I use the word blessed, but I got to say it because I feel so blessed in my life because, you know, I felt like I was in such a box my whole life. And now here I am. I have this amazing community of support and I'm able to outreach to all these people and help them through their journey as I'm healing through mine. And then also getting to do what I love, working with clients one-on-one and in group settings is amazing. So thank you for letting us talk about all of this today. Well, because I just feel like you guys are offering so much value with what you do, because not only are you giving us something to laugh about (laughs) when we're all crying at times, you know, like, thank you. Just need a laugh. You know, it's so healthy. And but you're also, you know, looking into further finding further ways that you can support people coming out of the church. And I like that you I mean, hypnosis has really been very fascinated, fascinating for me as well. Like, I'm really into Dolores Cannon. Um, I've been really, like, learning a lot about what she does. She does a lot of, like, past life regression type stuff. And I don't know if that's stuff, stuff that you go into, but mm-hmm. even just what you do alone with just helping people work through, like, trauma, even just, like, past trauma, not necessarily. Because I'm, I'm just really interested in learning all about like reincarnation and all that stuff, which yeah, is like yeah. way out there for some people. But it's interesting to me. But I know that even with hypnosis, you can just help with this life past trauma, yeah. you know, and you just help them process it through hypnosis. And then with uh, your other life coaching stuff that I'm sure you're going to be offering, it sounds very, uh, very much needed. So I'm glad that you guys are doing that. And I actually like so appreciate everything that you guys are doing. So thank you guys again for driving down here from Idaho to be here, to hang out with us, to make a YouTube video together. That was so much fun yesterday and I can't wait to see the finished product and it's going to be exciting. So thank you again for coming and being on the show and love you guys. 
Thanks for listening to the Wannabe Balanced podcast. Get access to free resources available at wannabebalanced.com. If you love the show, then leave a review or share it with a friend. Until next week.